There is a movie called uh, They Shall Never Be Forgotten. And it is a movie that was made about World War I. And how it was made was at the 100th anniversary of World War I, um, the British uh, War Museum, I think it was called, gave streams of uh, black and white silent movies to the gentleman who made Lord of the Rings. And he had this state-of-the-art studio in New Zealand. So he took the old-fashioned, very old-fashioned, 100-year-old uh, silent movie, very primitive, and he was able to digitalize it and remaster it. And it was released at the cinemas, and it was in 3D. So he got experts in, 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 in reading people's lips. And when he did that, he was able to not only hear, like, you, he, he, he got it that they, they could tell you what they were saying, but he got people who were from where these soldiers were from. So they spoke in the same accent. And you were able to see that they came to life on, 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 in, in these movies. It was, it was quite remarkable. And I'd highly recommend that movie if you want to get an insight into the, the viciousness of war. And it was shocking to watch and to see what they went through. But one of the very shocking things was that, that somebody was always left behind in the trenches with a gun. So that if any teenager, there were all mostly teenagers, young men, any teenager who went out over the top of the line, and it was like, they were like cannon fodder. It was outrageous how quickly they were mowed down. That if anyone turned around to get back into safety, he was to shoot them. And they were his own friends. And if anybody froze and kind of retreated in any way in battle, they were taken away and they were court-martialed and they were executed that evening. There was an incredible lack of understanding of what we call today PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And even to today, there is an incredible lack of understanding of the effects that trauma can have on people like that. <clears throat> Even their families suffered the stigma of it then. And perhaps even today, families suffered the stigma of it also. I've been at several funerals where people have come back from sometimes highly decorated, been in, in war in Afghanistan and, and some of the other places that they were at war, Iraq, Afghanistan. And sadly, when they come back, shortly after coming back, they committed suicide. And once again, I say, we can never underestimate the trauma that experiences like that can have on people. Traumatic experiences can be very destructive to us. And we see it day in and day out. Some people are undergoing trauma because of what we are living through in this pandemic. And it is particularly traumatic for seniors who are in nursing homes. 
they have basically been living in, in solitary confinement <clears throat> for one year, confined to their rooms and having meals delivered to their door. They're in a small room and maybe the person they're living with is borderline having dementia and TV, and that's it for one whole year, not getting out anywhere. There are people who are, people today, like at, 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 like at any time, they're being diagnosed with serious sicknesses. You know, if the, you know, the, the, the dreaded cancer word, when that is spoken to somebody, you have cancer, how destructive it can be. <clears throat> Uh, parents worrying about their kids. Do you know, it's, it's, it's a constant destructive, and, and that's, that's what I'm getting at. These traumatic things can take hold of us, and, and if they're very traumatic, they, it can even kill us. And what is, what is most destructive about them is, is the influence it has on a person's relationship with God. And, and it can bring into a person that they are of no value, they are not loved, they're not accepted, they're, it, it, they, they would live as if to say, I wish I was never born. It even gets that bad. And that is why it is important that we have, have something like Lent in our lives. Because Lent is, <clears throat> is, is, is a time when we, we, we stop and we say to ourselves, there is something more in my life. There's more to me than what I'm ex experiencing in my life at this time. There is something deeper within me. It is an invitation into a deeper relationship with Christ who is a presence of love and a presence of peace in the midst of fear within each one of us. Remember the words of St. John of the Cross, you are looking for God, you are yourself that very place where God dwells. So there's a presence of love and most importantly, there is a presence of friendship that exists within each one of us that wants us to pay attention to that presence in our lives and not pay as much attention to what is destructive in our lives. Even more beautiful, that presence of love, and especially a presence of friendship that exists within one of us, not only wants to show us love and forgiveness, and love comes to completion in forgiveness, because when we experience that loving forgiveness in our lives, the whole purpose of that is that, that that presence of love in Christ also wants to receive our friendship and our love in return. And that is something that not only brings joy into our lives, but also brings joy into God's life as well. So this is an invitation during the 40 days of Lent to... to Step back from anything in our life that is destructive, that is causing fear, that is causing worry, that is causing trauma, 
and to, to come into touch with something that is within you and around you, but most importantly within you, in your soul, that is seeking your friendship in a very beautiful and a very loving way. If you are practicing for a marathon, which is, I don't know, so many miles, you will begin practicing probably for weeks and maybe even months beforehand. Likewise, Lent is a time for practicing spiritually. It is taking upon ourselves spiritual practices so that we will once again restore that relationship with the Lord in our lives. And that is what we should do during Lent. It's not a matter of giving up fish on Friday. No, the other way around. Uh, giving up meat on Friday. Or I'm not going to have candy during Lent. I know I'm doing the same thing myself. And, but that's, that's trivial. And that's irrelevant. What is much more important is that we, we, we redirect our lives and spend time, I would suggest, in prayer. Even spend time in coming to Mass during the week or on Sundays and receiving Holy Communion, that, that communion that Christ wants with each one of us. But the most important one is to be able to spend time in prayer, maybe even taking the beautiful readings that we will have during Lent, especially the Old Testament readings, which are a constant plea of God to come back to me, restore our relationship. Let us be one in a deep, intimate, and loving friendship. So as we begin this period of Lent, let us dedicate ourselves to 40 days only of spiritual practice so that we will renew our relationship with the Lord once again.